centuries, mankind has been fascinated with realms outside of our conscious awareness. Through a series of interviews with practitioners, guest speakers, and experts, Liberate the podcast covers all that and more, from health and holistic healing to the supernatural. We aim to educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. And welcome to Liberate and another episode of our amazing podcast. Today we have an interesting uh, guest that has been a psychic for her whole life and has been doing mediumship professionally for the last five years. Her name is Terry. She's been um, a new member of an adjunct member of the Liberate Emporium, doing classes and workshops and teaching both uh, psychic and mediumship uh, group exercises as well as psychic development with us and you know it's just been a blessing and you know the real deal and today we're going to be uh, kind of talking about the difference between mediumship and psychic because a lot of times I think people interchange them as one you mm-hmm. know and it's like this this overlap of oh if you're psychic you're a medium if you're a medium you're a psychic but it doesn't necessarily imply you know there's right. no there's not that the, the correlation does not imply causation type thing so Terry do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Terry. I am a psychic medium. I um, discovered my mediumship about five years ago when I was doing paranormal investigation. Uh, that was a very bizarre experience. And so uh, when I turned 40, I decided that I would treat myself and become uh, formally trained with mediumship. And uh, this way I would know what to do when a spirit would come to me and learn the responsibility and how to properly give messages and so I went through what I consider boot camp (laughs) like psychic and mediumship boot camp and uh, I was trained the British way which is more evidential that's interesting is mm -hmm. it like it's like a school classes workshop yes what is it what does it mean to be trained like that you know yeah so it's um it's called the Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development used to be out in LA now they're in New York So Lisa Williams is um, one of the top international psychic mediums, and um, I I first started out in this circle myself, and then I decided I want to do something with this and actually become certified. So we went through a very regimented program where it was... I believe it was about three months online. Okay. And then, um, so we actually had homework we had to do. Then we had exercises that we had to do. And then we had to have an entire full week of immersion of this world. And then we had to get publicly validated and authenticated to become certified. So we had to go through rigorous public testing to be authenticated and it was probably one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do ever because to be a good healer you have to go through a lot of breakdowns to get breakthroughs so absolutely as strange as this sounds the more difficult your life is the better healer you are and so through this process we had to do a lot of internal work and Mm. we had many 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 breakdowns with just as many breakthroughs if not more breakthroughs to sort of discover our authenticity so um, lots of tears shed lots of sleepless nights uh, lots of homework and um, basically, it's boot camp. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. 
all worth it. Not one moment that wasn't worth it. And then I just continue on with various classes and stuff. Um, there's a college in the UK called the Arthur Finley College, which is kind of the Hogwarts of psychic mediumship. I was just going to say mm-hmm. that. I was exactly. And it's in a castle and everything. <laughs> and um, so oftentimes they have tutors that come out here. And so I've studied with several of them and next year I actually plan to go down to Hogwarts myself. That's <laughs> and, amazing. Uh, so and, real yeah. life Hogwarts. So it's real life Hogwarts. <laughs> it exists. Yeah. But you've been doing, you've been a psychic your whole My life. My whole life. You know, yeah. so you want to tell, tell people sure. about, like maybe what growing up was like? It, and that's, uh, it was intense because I'm an empath, okay. which always meant I picked up on other people's feelings. So I was a big crybaby. I really was a big crybaby. And I was a talker in school because everything would just come out. You know, it's hard to just sit there when you're absorbing all this energy. And I was also the class clown in many aspects. So um, I was always just either talking or crying (laughs) pretty much. And um, I just remember my first, if I remember correctly, my first, I guess you can call it paranormal experience was when I was about six or seven. I was sleeping. And I felt my covers being tugged, and I thought that was really odd. So the way my bedroom was, was I had my bed facing, um, you, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, there are like closet doors that are mirrors. Yes. So I sat up, because I was like, what is happening here? I sat up, and I saw my face was the head of a wolf. Wow. And I still, to this day, have no idea what it meant, but I got so scared that I pulled the covers over my head, and I just thought that was really, really weird. But I grew up, my mother's from Cuba, so I grew up with stories of Santeria, and I'm Jewish, so there's the Kabbalah and the Jewish mysticism, and Mm. the life cycle that goes on um, that we learn about, and we learn about death and the process and what happens, so all of this stuff was pretty much normal and natural to me to grow up in. Okay. So I wasn't one of these people where it's like, hush, hush, don't, you know, share this, you know, you have to be in the closet per se. Um, so for me, it was just kind of normal and natural that there was a paranormal world out there. And in Judaism, there's a very strong belief of reincarnation. Mm. So, um, for me, it was just like home. They're all, it was easy breezy to just kind of grow up in this environment. So I was lucky in that, in that aspect that it was, this is just natural. And then my mom, my sisters and my mother's mom all have talents too. So it runs on my mother's side of the family. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, going going on to, you know, the topic of the dynamic of what's the difference between yeah. psychic and mm-hmm. mediumship, you know. So there's a lot of uh, people that are listening that, you know, have maybe immersed yourself in this world. And then there's some people that, you know, they're just curious. And this is like, this is all new to them. Sure. So, you know, like yeah. kind of phasing it and, and phrasing it in ways that, you know, what is psychic? Mm-hmm. What, 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 are, what does it mean to be psychic? And mm-hmm. then what does it mean to be a medium? Yeah. You know, and so maybe we can break it down a sure. little bit because even the people that know a lot, maybe they don't ever look at it in those modules. It's like... And that's a perfect way of saying it because I always thought it was pretty much the same thing, but it's not. So when you're doing psychic work, what you're doing is you're connecting soul to soul with the person you're reading. Okay. Okay. Now you can get information from 
the, the sitter, which would be, if I was reading you, you would be the sitter, I'm the mm-hmm. reader. Um, you can get information off of the sitter's aura about loved ones who have crossed over. Mm. However, the difference is, is when you're doing mediumship, you're actually directly connected and linked and communicating with the spirit itself. Ah. So psychic work is soul to soul work and mediumship work is spirit to soul, I guess you can call it work. Okay. So not necessarily, I mean, it could, of course, relate to the person that you're reading, but it's about this other individual. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what happens with mediumship is when you're directly communicating with a loved one, who's no longer living, they will often give you their point of view, their perspective, and their memories. Mm. So if you didn't share those with them, you're not going to know that information. Yeah. So you're going to have to go back and do some research. Interesting. However, <clears throat> now, now do you... Do you do you see them? Do you do you, do you hear? Like, I mean, what's what's your, like the modality of connecting? Because I mean, I think that for the for those that don't know, you know, there's there's different ways of you know, like Terry was talking about being empathic and being able to right. tap into energy, you know. Right. And so uh, I know that there's the clairvoyance, and you can mm-hmm. see, and and then your clairaudient, you hear. But what what is your way? What what do you? How do you connect? Okay, so. Just an FYI, most people have their own way, or I should call it their default way of communicating with one of their clairs, which is a French word for clear seeing, using one of their senses. Most of the time, I'm clairsentient and I'm clairvoyant. Oftentimes, I can be clairaudient. However, it can change depending on, and here's where I can get a bit challenging, it your ability to not only interpret the information for the message that you're giving, but to translate. So if the spirit feels it's going to be easier for you to see things, even if you don't normally see things, they're going to communicate with you using your clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. So that way you communicate it properly and easily uh, so that the sitter can understand. So it's clear and even more accurate in that manner. So generally my number one Claire is clairsentience. Um, oftentimes they'll throw in some, um, clairvoyance and some clairaudience, but I got to tell you, I, there's been seriously a, a handful of times, literally three times where I've had the experience of clairaudience, which is smell. Interesting. Yes. And that is, it's a surprise. It's a real surprise to you as the reader when one of your clairs are being used and it's not something you normally use and you're, you're like, whoa, this is really bizarre. <laughs> And the interesting thing is I did a, a group reading last week and my clear audience kicked in and I smelled these delicious meats. And the spirit was a, a, a woman who cooked a lot and it was a lot of meats that she cooked. Well, the interesting thing, and I've never heard of this, I've never experienced this before. Um, someone was watching me in the circle across the way was watching me and said, my nose actually got more red. When I was experiencing my clairaudience. So that was a physical manifestation of a spiritual, energetic experience. I know I'm using the word experience, but that's what it was. So there was a physical manifestation of that experience. It was crazy. Now, I can't tell because it's my nose and that's outside my body that I can't see. So weird things can happen. 
Interesting. And so it's 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 changing for you. Do it you find changes. like when you talk to other mediums that that it changes for them too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're speaking to somebody who maybe their loved one didn't, the English wasn't their first language. You know, they're going to communicate with you so that you can try to communicate to your loved one. I mean, there are people who travel all over the world and do this and they get it in just different ways in which it's easier for them to download the information so that they can interpret and translate. And that's really this our spirit teams taking care of us as a reader so that we can do our job as a light worker. Yeah, great. Yeah. Do you do you, do you prefer mediumship over psychic work or psychic oh, work over medium? Oh boy, see that's a good question. You know, they're both so different, and they they actually feel different. I don't think I have a preference. I really don't. I just trust spirit. Just whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Um, there have been times where I will do a psychic reading that turns into a mediumship reading. Mm. That will happen when you're doing psychometry. That actually happened in a demonstration recently. Okay, and, so what is psychometry for those? So, yes, yeah, so psychometry is reading the energy off of an object. So maybe it's a ring or a watch, or it could even be a picture that you're looking at and you're just tapping into somebody's energy. But what you're doing is you are literally tapping into the energy of the object. Usually it's handheld. Okay. Yeah. So So, uh, so in, in, in doing psychometry readings in the mm-hmm. past, you started out and you've tapped into doing a psychic reading and then it switched and over. And then the spirit comes through because it's their object. Hmm. So um, it gets, if someone is expecting a psychic reading, I always say, well, are you opposed to it turning into a mediumship reading if someone comes through? Now, my readers always have the God-given gift of free will. So if they choose not to, then I just don't communicate that information. I still honor spirit and I have a conversation with spirit. But Mm -hmm. I I still have to honor the living, you know. And if you don't want a mediumship reading, you don't get a mediumship reading. Not everybody wants a mediumship reading. A lot yeah. of people are scared. They, they have this idea of what it is, and it's scary, and, and all of this, and it's always about love. But if someone's afraid, I'm not going to make them <laughs> yeah. you know, have something that they don't want to have. Now, in mediumship readings, uh, you spoke a little bit about reincarnation mm-hmm. and different things like that. So right. the soul has already reincarnated. Mm-hmm. And that's and, a really good you know, question. Do, can you still do... Yes, because even though the soul has reincarnated into another body, it does leave an energetic imprint. Mm. And that's what you're tapping into as well. So it's almost like a residual haunting, right? So you go into a, a building. The soul isn't necessarily still there, but it's playing a scene out over and over and over. That's what a residual haunting is. Mm. So, so even though the soul has reincarnated into another being... Um, it can still have residual energy in which you can communicate with. And the aura is what, um, the, is what has all of past lives, preferences, just everything and anything of the soul. So it, has got, it, it can get kind of complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like it's a, it's, it's, it's a never ending. It's like it's like the the wormhole. You just continue. Once you go down that rabbit hole, I tell you, you never get out. There's no turning back. No turning back. Now here's the thing. Okay, every medium is a psychic, but not every psychic is a medium. Okay. 
And you, there are so many psychics out there that think they're doing mediumship because they are getting information about people's loved ones. But what they're doing is they're actually reading it from their soul and the energetic imprints left on the aura. Mm-hmm. So, so it's more of the the first per, first person perspective in a way, you know? Right. It's, 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 right. it's from the person that they're right. reading, yeah. their perspective of the situation, right. or their perspective of the connection that they have. That And, and that's true. So, so when you're doing true mediumship, you really shouldn't be sitting so close to somebody because then what you're doing is you're in their auric field. Mm. You really should be standing further back. So the information you're getting is directly from spirit. So that's why some people, they'll hold hands or you, you see um, some uh, psychics that will go up to, to people or they call themselves a meeting, but they go up to people and they start talking to them. But the, the issue can be is that they're actually not connecting to spirit. They're connecting to the, to the reader, to this, I'm sorry, to the sitter because they're in their auric field. So it can get kind of confusing, but I, once you have the experience and you know what it feels like to be connected to spirit versus being connected to the soul, mm-hmm. then you know if you're working psychically, if you're working mediumistically. I like that. And there is a difference, and you can feel the difference. Did it take you a while to really tune into that, yeah. that difference? Yeah, because the psychic, it was something that I had done my entire life. And it was just something just so natural and just free-flowing. It didn't really feel different than myself. Gotcha. So when all of a sudden these experiences that I'd be having, um, they didn't feel like myself. It was really odd. All of a sudden I was taking on mannerisms and um, even just words that I was choosing and then feelings. It was, it was almost like being, uh, being a psychic on steroids, <laughs> like to that level. So um, I just started realizing I don't know what to do with this, and that's why I decided to get formal training on it. I got you. And so you were already having that. And I was that, that's having what, that. That's what guided you yeah. to say, okay, let me figure out the yeah. difference between, you yeah. know, so that you can tune in a little bit. And, and so I knew what I was doing, and this way I could separate, and this way, again, I just feel like there's so much responsibility when you're doing psychic work or mediumistic work because people are so vulnerable. Yeah. And just just in how you word things and just how you say things, you know, um, it, they're very delicate. Yeah, um, so it, it's really important to, to communicate to them in a way that they feel empowered. Yeah. So. That they feel empowered. And I think that, you know, one of the things that came up into my mind that I think that it's important to kind of uh, share with people um, on a slightly different note, but on the same note, is, is, is the element of, the responsibility and the understanding and the education. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I find that a lot of times that people all of a sudden feel like they want to discredit somebody because they studied something instead of like, oh, it's not your natural gift. Well, no, it is your natural yeah. gift. You fine-tuned it. <laughs> right. You know, it's like if, if somebody is a good cook and then they go to culinary sure. school so they could understand a little bit about how to make certain cuisines sure. that are studied under a certain yeah. chef, is that... That just makes them understand the different, uh, the the different subtleties and the flavors and the textures right. and the, and to understand that okay this type of salt tastes like this versus this sure. and that's what you were doing and that's yes. what you you've learned to do and it's 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 so great to have that because there is such a responsibility yes. when you're sitting across from somebody. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, and and I think that goes into the next kind of 
dynamic of where are readings really valuable for somebody mm-hmm. and how can somebody really benefit from a mediumship reading and how can somebody benefit from a psychic reading and or a combination of right. both. Right, right. Well, that's actually a really good question. So with a psychic reading, a lot of times you're giving life guidance on situations that are happening with them right now. Maybe they have choices and they're just not sure which direction to go in career or with um, their dating life or maybe they're involved in a legal suit. So a lot of the times it's, it, I, you know, it's, it's hard to really say it's exactly this way or it's exactly that way, but a lot of times it's about guidance for where some, someone is currently in their life. But the way that you sort of make yourself... Um, authentic in their eyes and making sure that you're connecting with your sitter is by bringing up examples of experiences that they've had in their past so that you know and they know you're making a connection. Gotcha. So that's why you do past, present, future. You can never say for sure future is going to happen. And the way I look at it is I say, look, I'm getting information and it's based on the conversation we're having right now at this very moment. And that could change in two days. It could change in a week. It could change in a year because you make different choices. So it's just based on the conversation we're having right now, these are the potential outcomes yeah. for future. The almost probable certain future if you yeah. continue down this road. Mm-hmm. But that's the, some people make huge changes, huge changes. And, and pivots and some of them can be foreseen, but some yes. of them can be completely like, okay, maybe sometimes they hear the information right. that's provided mm-hmm. and they say, I'm not going to have that happen or they sabotage that yeah, from happening exactly. in some way too. You yeah. know, I've seen both. Yeah. Well, the, the, the funny thing, I don't know if you want to call it funny really, but is you always end up where you're supposed to be. It's just sometimes the route is a little bit longer yeah. <laughs> or shorter. Um, so it just, and that just depends on the choices that you make along the way. So, um, so for psychic reading, that's pretty much how, how that goes. And you can get that information using various divination tools. You know, you can do pendulum, you can do, which is a type of scrying. You can do tarot cards. Um, you can do psychometry. I use a water bowl. Oh my God. This, the, I've never seen this water thing before. Yeah. And it's amazing. I love it so much. It, talk about a unique experience. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, I mean, I've seen, you know, in, in seven years having Liberate Emporium, I've seen, you know, hundreds of psychics yeah. through the, the time of people I've interviewed, different yeah. things. I've never seen that. Yeah, that you was... Know, like, and it's it's amazing. Do you want to share with them a little bit about what you do? Sure. I mean, I think, yeah. really, I think it's really interesting. Well, I mean, and I just love it so much. It's become... It, when, when I do private readings, there's like no ifs, ands, or buts. You're going to get a water bowl reading as part of the, the reading. I, it was one of the exercises, literally, just one of the... I call them like games because you're supposed to have fun when you do this stuff that I did when I was in my psychic boot camp. And I really connected with it so much and my accuracy was pretty darn strong with that and like I said you know it's just one of these things that are just not very common I'm probably one of the only people in LA that actually do water bowl readings and so I just take you can really use any bowl but I <laughs> I call it my holy bowl because it's it's a it's just a baking bowl that I literally got at Costco it's a small bowl <laughs> I know silly right but I do all of my meditation like my full moon rituals and my new moon so it's like burned a lot of stuff or whatnot um so it's not the cleanest nicest shiniest bowl but it's just one of these 
silver baking bowls that you would a mixing bowl I should say and then I fill it up with water and metal being so conductive for energy and water being so conductive for energy I just found that it was fascinating and so quick that with people soak their hands in the water and just kind of put their intent into the water any questions they have or whatnot their energetic residual imprint is in the water and then I just kind of splash around in there and read the water as a divination tool that's cool. So, you know, there's just, you know, there's just a ton of ways to do it. And to tell you the truth, a really good authentic medium doesn't even need any tools. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's fun to do tools. And for, for, a, for a sitter, it's kind of nice to have that tangibility so they like it, which is really great. And a mediumship reading is really... Um, yeah, talk a little it's, bit about the benefit for the yeah. person. Because I mean, we looked in a little bit on the psychic. Right, so for right. For mediumship reading, who could benefit from well, having that? Well, anybody who's lost anybody can definitely benefit. Now, there are some people who have so many, it's unfortunate, so many deceased loved ones. And then there are some that don't have many. Um, and really the benefit of it is that they can get closure, they get some comfort, and maybe even some... Um, knowledge on some level that there is an afterlife and that their loved ones are still living just in a different world Mm. and that's just such a lovely way of putting it because in other words your family members your friends you know you're they're not really gone they're just they're just transformed in a different um I don't even know how different, to, energy. different energy. They're just they're just not wearing their earth suit. Yeah. That's really what it is. They're just not wearing their earth suit. But they still have plenty of things to say and they still act the same way and have the same thoughts as when they were wearing their earth suit and living. But um they've just and that's, that's amazing because I mean a, a complete stranger to be able to tell you yeah. about the mannerisms, characteristics and even the vocabulary exactly. and the things that they've done. Exactly. And even things like nicknames come through. You know, um, it's just, it's really, it's really, for me as a medium, it's really fulfilling to be able to bring closure to someone. Because if you can just imagine a, a mother who loses a child, or, you know, there are, there are people who take their own lives, or God forbid, you know, there was a, an accident and they weren't, family members weren't able to say goodbye, you know. Yeah. So here's an opportunity to do that. And because our loved ones are no longer wearing their earth suit, they see so much more now than they did when they were living. So a lot of them have actually recovered from being a human, which is really, really a hard thing to do is being human. It's probably the hardest thing we could ever do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so they're able to see, and, and they spend time with us, and they try and communicate with us. It's just that we're not always... readily available or aware of it because we have so many earth things to do Mm -hmm. so um so yeah i mean they're always there and 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 that can just bring comfort to somebody just knowing you know that they're there what would you say was the most profound mediumship reading that you've ever done with somebody (sighs) for somebody the most it's so hard to just like the, pick one yeah like one that really stands out to you and um, i mean if you have to name a couple you can well i have to say probably my first it was so terrifying but not in a scary like media way like horrific monsters or anything like that it was just terrifying because i didn't know what to do or what was happening 
And because I didn't know that, I had such physical sensations. Um, basically, I was on a paranormal investigation in a jail cell. Um, this was years ago, and all of a sudden, I just started rocking back and forth and swaying. I didn't realize it was because spirit was coming in, and and I, like I said, I, I had to go to school and learn these things so I knew how to deal with this, right? Mm. So my experience was that I was started rocking back and forth, and then I was crying, and I just kept saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, so there's your human side going, what is happening here? And then there's the other side that's just blending with spirit. And it's just kind of just sort of happening to me yeah. instead of me being able to separate and allow and then sort of translate. And then in, what I learned in school, which is how to do is to not, I don't have to take on that the discomfort energy. if there's any discomfort yeah so this guy um was a horrible person <laughs> he was just not a nice person and he ran a firehouse that so it was a firehouse first and then it was a jail cell so i didn't know any of this information right so he was like a head of a fire department and he was horrible to the people and um i was able to get an inf information like his name and just, I started writing down everything, all the impressions that I was getting about this gentleman. And like I said, I was crying and I was rocking. And since we were doing an actual investigation, we had some equipment, EVP equipment, and we actually caught an EVP of this gentleman. Cause, and it was a completely different side of the building. So I wasn't even in the same room as the rest of the team. And I guess they had asked what his name was and he said Richard. Now I got Dick, the name Dick, which is actually a nickname for Richard. Yes. So here's the thing. The team goes back to investigate and what happens is they find somewhere a little article about this guy Richard actually being promoted to some high rank or something like that. So all of a sudden there's like ev like historical evidence popping up. We have an EVP of a spirit saying his name, and then we have my experience. Wow. It was physically exhausting and completely and totally draining because I didn't know how to ground myself. I didn't know how to protect myself. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, and it sounds like the spirit was coming and through you. Yeah, and because like I'm a medium, yeah. right? All of a yeah, sudden, my... I mean, like, yeah. physically instead of talking to... Exactly. It was medium. more trance. It was yeah. more trance mediumship. And so that's how spirit is. Spirit's like, oh, there's somebody who will listen to me. Spirit knew more than I did. I didn't know I was a medium at that time. I knew I was psychic. I didn't know I was a medium. So that was really surprising. And so... Um, since that was my first real experience of mediumship, I think it was probably the most, it was definitely the most influential for me because I, it was at that moment, I'm like, I got to do something about this. I need to know what to do. It, it wasn't for a few years later that I actually did do something about it wow. or to learn about it. But, um, you know, to, when, when I have somebody who, who I'm working with and their grandmother comes through and says, you know, tells them, oh, the family should stop fighting over my will or whatever, you know, or just whatever information. And then they are like, whoa, how do they know that? 
you know, it's showing, oh, well, grandma's around and maybe we should stop by, yeah. <laughs> you know. So they actually take so, some of that information and yeah, actually use people, it. People do. And then people find the comfort, you know. Um, I haven't done any law enforcement cases just yet for cold cases. That's a direction that I'd like to go in eventually to help solve murders, to help find missing people. Um when I grow up, that's what I'm going to do. So cool. Um, but there's so much, you you know, there, you ask about the benefits, and it's really just making somebody feel good. And what about one of the most memorable uh, psychic readings that you've done for somebody? Oh, boy. I'm sitting here trying to remember because there's just been so many. I think, I think it's really the ones... Um, I really, I honestly have to be honest, I can't pick out just one, but it's usually the ones where they come back and they say, I got that job just like you said I would, or um, I, I got pregnant just like you said I would, or sometimes I'll predict the sex of the baby if someone's pregnant, and I just got that last week. Um, one of my coworkers said, you know, you predicted that I, um, my wife would, ha- would get pregnant again she had had a few miscarriages would get pregnant again and that it would be a girl well guess what wow so i mean there's just so the, many the, things the rewards uh, that the people took it in and that yeah it made a difference and that yeah it came back i mean i have a very high standard for myself if somebody comes into me feeling worse than than when they uh, let me rephrase that i'm sorry if somebody comes into me feeling bad and then I work with them, and they leave me feeling bad, I did not do my job. I really feel like it's my job to make sure they feel better. Even if I have to deliver the not best news, they should feel empowered, being able to do something about it, being able to better themselves in in one way. I just have a really high standard with that. I, I like that, and that's what it's all about. I mean, it's about, you know, coming in and... It's not about a, is this person going to call or not call. It's about really oh, yeah. making an, an impact and a difference in somebody's life that you can take it from their perspective of where they're currently at more of a bird's eye view. Right. And then have them see that there's solutions, that there's paths, that there's, that things are going to be okay. Right. Whether it's mediumship mm-hmm. work, psychic work, whatever it is, things yeah. are okay. Yeah. Life is okay. And in that moment of comfort and peace, yes. they can move forward powerfully in their life. And so many people are grieving about various issues in their life. It could be job loss. You know, it could be loss of a loved one. And grief is grief. There's still the stages that you have to go through. Yeah. So, I mean, to be a facilitator or Julie the Cruise director of helping them feel better and empowering themselves so that they can move forward, I mean, that is just, to me, so fulfilling. So, um... I love that. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like uh, to share with anybody about mediumship psychic or any 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 final notes i you know i just think if people keep an open mind um to making their lives better things don't things aren't as scary so it's not so scary to have this mediumship i understand that you know talking to the dead can be scary but a lot of it's based on perception mm-hmm. and getting a psychic reading it's just it, it's it, it, Put it this way. There are things you know you know, right? Like, I know one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. There are things you know you don't know. I know I don't know calculus. And there are things you don't know that you don't even know. 
Absolutely. So if there's one thing I can leave about this is that there are so many things that you don't even know that you don't know. And to be open to the gray area is where possibility happens. And that's where magic literally happens. So that's, that, that's it. Just be open to having what you don't know, you don't know, come into your reference of actually knowing. Yeah. Other perspectives, other knowledge, other uh, insights, absolutely. everything. Yep, absolutely. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Terry, <laughs> um, where can they find out, um, you know, your website and how to contact you and stuff like sure. that? We'll put a link on the bottom. Oh, but, fantastic. You know, thank but, you. It's uh, terryhuberman.com. That's T-E-R-R-I-E-H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N.com. I'm also on Twitter, at Terry Huberman, Facebook, Terry Huberman, Instagram, HypnoCutie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, any of those, you'll, you'll, you'll get in touch with me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And if anybody has any questions, of course, go to Terry's website or you can contact Liberate Emporium. Yeah. We'll make sure that we get some information over to her on any of your questions. Thank you again for joining us and join us next week. Mm-hmm.